It has been such an amazing time. Like Ken said, we have been on holiday. And we chose, everyone says, go to Durban in winter. It's awesome. The beaches are warm. We literally arrived on the Sunday. And Monday, the looting happened. We couldn't get fuel, food, bread, nothing. Standing in long lives. But you know what? God is always on the move. He's always on the move. And I want to declare to you, don't slip on the banana peels let behind, behind bananas and pajamas. Does that make sense? What I mean is... Yes, people looted, and you can get angry, and you can give all your energy to those who looted. Yes, people got grumpy and angry afterwards, and those are, again, challenging times. People say things, declare things, but I want to ask us as the church to stand firm. That is the instruction of the gospel, to stand firm. I have never been more excited about the prospects of this nation than right now. I want to tell you the two days of the looting and the chaos and the lining up for food and the insecurity and the fears of people and all that were crazy. I'm not going to dilute it. I'm not going to say it wasn't big. I'm not going to say there wasn't a single person in that area who wasn't struggling. I was added to WhatsApp groups. We were family there. Our kids were stuck on the other side of Durban because we couldn't get them back because we didn't have fuel and we didn't know if the roads were safe. It was crazy. But the days that followed were spectacular. People diving into the brokenness of the city. People declaring life. People pouring out generosity. People getting stuck in. Fancy rich people from fancy areas diving into the brokenness of areas that got affected. Cleaning up and and seeing the kingdom of God come. I love it. Thousands of tons of food being poured in. I want to tell you we're a spectacular nation. Within a few days, the shops were back open. The windows might have been broken, but they were boarded up serving people. We're a spectacular people, and God is going to do mighty things. And the promises over this nation are still in the soil. They have not been looted. They have not been touched. The king is on his throne. So speak life over our nation at this time. And as you know, I've said it before, pastors basically go on holiday to get preaching stories. That's how it works. That's, that's literally the reason we go on holidays. And I have so many of miraculous food being provided when we had nothing and people being kind to us and siphoning fuel from a stranger's car to get our car going and crazy, crazy stories. But even more crazy was the fact that we went on holiday and not only were we navigating all the looting and everything, but not one, two of our boys got tick bite fever. Now, most of you Cape Tonians didn't even know what that is. But basically, they got very sick, headaches, fevers, shivers. I lined up for three hours to get their medication to make sure they could be looked after. But it was a couple days of craziness as we were navigating all of this. And in the midst of it all, we really wanted to make sure our kids were strong. And our little one, Dan, he really doesn't like medication. Like he just, it's not his thing. It's not his thing. So we had to encourage him every time it's a pull, you've got to crush it up and mix it with water. You know the story. It's the blocking the nose. Oh. And then we, we needed, we thought we we're going to bulk him up because Zinplex zinc. That's what people say. Zinc. Right now, zinc is like the wonder thing. Zinc. So we're going to give him Zimplex. So we, Cans got the Zimplex out. She poured it in the spoon. Sorry to drop you under the bus there, Cans. And she poured it in the spoon and it's cream soda flavored Zimplex. I mean, it's epic. Every kid's dream for medicine. But Dan was still, he doth protest. He was like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. So it was two spoons. The first spoon, like, he's, he's dramatic for days. So I obviously have to come and bring some order. I'm like, come on, Dan, just put it down. It's cream soda. Look, it's green. Cream soda flavored zinc. And he was going mad. So Ken thought, let me settle him. What I'll do is I'll take a spoonful of this Zinplex just to show him it's not that bad. And, and she didn't even block her nose. Well done, Ken. Well done. It's good. 
She put it down only to realize she swallowed a mouthful of sunlight dishwashing liquid that had been decanted into the Zenplex bottle because we had no dishwashing liquid. So we got some from my sister and we had been pouring sunlight dishwashing liquid down our son's throat. It's all part of it. He was blowing bubbles for days and smelling lemony fresh, but uh, it keeps it fun. And you know what? The tick bite fever went away. I'm not saying it was the sunlight. I, I don't know. Some would say it was a parenting fail. Maybe it was a miracle. I don't know. But um, as we navigate the season, we cannot wait to be together. I've said that. We cannot wait to meet in person at all three of our congregations. We cannot wait to be there. But we continue our series, Word to the Wise. And I just want to commend all those who have been preaching, especially Gabs and then the team last week, preaching up a storm. I think the preaching has been exceptional. And if you will take this word, if you allow it to settle in your heart and allow it to change your thinking, you will see the fruit of the word of God coming into our lives. And these, these proverbs, these short sayings that bring life, they're like the memes of the Bible. It's, but these ones are true. That's the first one. They're all true. They're all helpful. And they will all lead you to life, which I can't say for all the memes on Facebook. Just saying. That's my personal perspective. But I do think there's a process of firstly realizing that there is a difference between the wisdom of the Word of God and the wisdom of God and the wisdom of this earth. That's just the first step. If, if the Proverbs are going to have any impact, I mean any impact in your life, you have to realize that the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of the Word are different. The second thing you have to do is recognize the differences. Because otherwise we're going to keep spending our life trying to morph worldly wisdom and earthly wisdom. with. And you know what we end up? We end up in superstitious religion that doesn't lead to life rather than faith and trust in the mighty God. But once we recognize and once we've realized, we have to respond. As you read these, I'm reading these one-liner proverbs and they knock me off my seat every time. I'm like, ah, Revelation, truth. If you struggle to read large chunks of Scripture, take the Proverbs and just sit in them and say, God, show me, feed me, lead me. I want to respond to your word and to your ways at this time. Because we have to realize, as Paul says in, in Corinthians, says 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. They are two different worlds with two different understandings. And wisdom, according to God's principles and understandings of eternity, is so different. Please recognize that. Understand that and realize it means most of us have to re-understand what we've called wise in our lives. But today, I want to speak about this subject, words create worlds. Words create worlds. One out of every six Proverbs in the book of Proverbs is about our speech, our words, or our language, and the impact that they have on life. I've heard the statement years ago, the, the quote is not given to anyone specific, but I want to use it today. It's not my statement. Words create worlds. We understand that, that our, our language has to be different. It has to be different. If the wisdom of the world is different to the wisdom of heaven, then our language has to be different. People have to speak about the differences of our language. No, it's not just not cursing and not getting angry. It's far more than that. Words have this crazy potential. Think of some of the speeches that have changed the world. I have a dream. 
Martin Luther's king's speech that he poured out at a time, a heated time of, of racial discrimination in the United States. And that dream, that speech became a word of hope to generations to follow, to a world to follow. It, de it demanded a change in the world around it that was declaring a different wisdom. What about, um, we shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and on the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. Declared by Winston Churchill, as a nation was on the back foot, surrounded with an enemy pouring towards its boundaries, that would forever change the history, overcome by an evil moving forward army against them and yet he spoke and those words called a nation to rise he it says he mastered the english language and sent it to war we are called to master our language and sent it to war with the enemy to war with his purposes to war with his lies we call to master our tongues very few of us do i'm preaching this word and i promise you i'm preaching it to myself more than anyone it has been my greatest challenge in life. What about Teddy Roosevelt? The only thing we fear is fear itself. Words that spoken to a nation at a time of fear, and yet he called them to courage. What about this great quote? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridus, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix legions, and loyal servant of the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and all I have is vengeance in this life. And okay, so that's not a real quote. That's, not like a, that's from the movie Gladiator, but flip it. Was, it fashioned me. That was, I loved those words. I mean, that was like, Father, do it. I mean, he said it like a man. I just want to speak like that. I just, I want to sound like Brett Anderson, but one day when I'm big. And what about these words? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What about those words that forever changed the world, that, that showed that wisdom looked more like meekness on a cross, not weakness fighting in the ways of the world. And so today, words create worlds because God spoke and creation was formed. Psalm 33 verse 9 says this, For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did He do it? Well, it says in verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In verse 6, And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters and separate water from water. In verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky. Verse 11, And God said, Let the land produce vegetation. Verse 20, And the Lord said, Let the water teem with living creatures. Twelve times God it says in the Word of God, God said. You see, God spoke and life came. God spoke and creation happened. When we speak, the words we speak have the power to create, to bring life, to speak. Why? Because words create worlds. Won't you type that in the comment section now? Won't you hashtag it? Won't you write it out and declare it to your own school at this time, to your own soul at this time? Because I'm telling you, God is working with us in these times. Point number one is simple. Our words have the power of life and death. I learned this before I knew the scripture. As a young man, being quite small in stature, where muscles couldn't sustain me and get me to the top of the pile, I learned another muscle that was more powerful called the mouth. 
And it wasn't. I didn't learn it from home. I didn't learn it from my parents. I learned it because I saw it when it happened to me. I saw that word spoken to me brought death. And I knew that if I could wield that same sword strongly, it might, just might, give me some kind of strength in this world. See, the Bible says it this way in Proverbs 18. From the mouth, fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. Life and death. Solomon knew something. See, there's just simply no way to over-exaggerate the potential of words spoken to bring life or to bring death. There's just no way to over-exaggerate it. There's no hyperbole I could use to clearly communicate to you how powerful words can be. See, the tongue is either the greatest of blessings which may accomplish a world of good or it's the most lethal and destructive weapon. See, words are, cre- words are creating our world right now. People use language instead of biblical understanding and words that we used to use like fornication, we use words like sexually liberated because liberation is the word of the day. So as long as you're free, the Bible says no. But we use words like they aren't addicts, they are dependent. They are chemically dependent, sexually dependent. So we're softening down, dumbing down, and normalizing dependency on anything other than God. And the Bible says that's idolatry, that's wrong. See, men and women don't commit adultery anymore. They have an affair. Sounds so nice and comfortable and like something we fall into, like a big cushion. But the Bible says it's adultery. So the words that we use are important. They shape our worlds. See, the words as a parent you speak to your child shapes their world. You are their world. You are the one shaping so much of their world in the words that you speak. And I've sat with so many 40 or 50 year olds, 30, 40 years later, after their parents told them, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to make it. You're never going to pull it off. You're not as good as your brother. And those words sat so deep inside of lives, it created a world of brokenness, insecurity, rejection, and pain. Words create worlds. They have the power of life to bring life or the power to bring death. I want to tell you point number two. Our words, our words reveal our worlds. They reveal what's going on in the hearts of man and how we see the world around us and who God is in our world. See, they're a barometer of what's in the heart. It says this in Proverbs 10. The tongue of the righteous is, a choice, is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. The lips of the righteous know what finds favor, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish gushes folly. Gushes. The mouth of the foolish gushes folly. And I want to tell you the words we use are not just spoken. I believe they're also the words we write on social media, the words we put out. Just a little case study. It was called three hours in a line outside spa with people from an area where they normally took five minutes to get food. Just a case study of about 500 people in a line waiting to get food. Just a case study in in what was inside, in revealing their worlds, being exposed. How fearful, how painful. And yes, no one was enjoying it. 
but how some people were spewing out hatred and anger and resentments and victimization and others would speak life. Others would declare. Others would look for opportunities to bring generous language to the table. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 12. And he confronts the religious leaders of the day with this amazing statement. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. He's talking to the religious guys. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. How's this? I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. On the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Every careless word. Oh, it was just a rant. Every careless word. It was just a bad day. Now, you see, the problem was, and I've had to realize, and I've had to grow, and I've had to understand, my kids won't remember how bad the day was. They will just remember the words that I spoke and how I spoke them. And I fail all the time, but I'm trying. Because the Word of God calls me to more. Because the Bible says our words reflect what's inside of our hearts. Out of, out of the, the depths of our hearts, our mouth speaks. It reveals what's the treasures in our hearts. It reveals the idolatry in our hearts. It reveals the pain in our hearts. Our words. Words create worlds. Thirdly, I want to say our words can destroy worlds. We've got to know this. It's too easy to just... Say, well, I didn't realize, I didn't know. Maybe you grew up in a home where your parents were kind to you. But that's not most people I sit with in counseling sessions. That's not most people who enter the doors of the church. Most people have experienced harshness, have experienced pain, have experienced teachers saying things that they shouldn't have said out of anger to make themselves feel better, have experienced friends saying things to self-justify and rationalize and make themselves feel better. At times I've been that friend saying the stuff and at times I've been the recipient and neither is good and neither is justifiable and every time it's careless. Firstly, because our words can lead to destruction and I just want to read some of these Proverbs. I don't want to re-preach it. This is what the Bible says. A fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Your lips can protect. Proverbs 17 One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble. Proverbs 18. The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. Their mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. The challenge with being called a fool is you can stay a fool. You can read the Bible for 50 years and still stay a fool, even though you, ne- you recognize and you realize, but you never responded to the Word of God. I remember being 16 at a school, at a youth camp, and one of the leaders, this fiery, I, I seem to attract redheads in my life. I don't know why it is, but a fiery redhead who took a liking for me, saw something in me, but felt it needed some rebuke, came to me one day and said, always a joker, always a joke, and walked away. I'm like, what does that even mean? But all these years later, I know what it means because I love being the joker. I felt the need to be the joker. I felt the need to always have the first word. The problem is, you're always the joke. 
I want to have influence with the kingdom of God because God's got His grace upon my life. What do you want for your life? Will your words determine where your life will reach? And will it bring healing and wholeness or will it bring destruction and pain? Secondly, dishonesty, dishonesty brings destruction. Just some verses for you. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. See, you've got to keep it. You've got to keep it away. It will come, but you've got to keep it away. The Lord detests lying lisps, lips. I'm struggling this morning. Lisps. But he delights in people who are trustworthy. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet, but one ends up with a mouth full of gravel. <laughs> Let me just say that one again. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet, but one ends up with a mouth. Have you ever sucked on a mouthful of gravel recently? You just take a, go outside, take a mouthful of gravel, struggle with lying, go put a mouthful of gravel in your mouth and chew on it. Because the Bible says that's what you're doing and that's where you'll end up. Let me carry on because it gets better. And again, the cool thing is I'm not telling you this. The Bible's telling you. Gossip brings destruction. Proverbs 10 verse 18, whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Proverbs 11, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 18 verse 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. That uh, delicious morsels or, morsels or choice morsels comes from a meaning to swallow greedily, to just go. The challenge there is gossip only comes when people want to listen to it. So anytime gossip comes, gossip comes to a gossip. If you're wondering why gossip's speaking to you, I'm telling you it's because you've partnered in gossip. And you've got to stop it because it kills the forward momentum and movement of the kingdom of God in your life. And we've got to challenge it. And the Bible says there's only one way to do it. And Proverbs again gives us the answer. Proverbs 26. Without wood, a fire goes out. Well, that's clever. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Who's the gossip? Not just the one speaking, the one listening. They're the wood. They're the fuel. As charcoal to embers and a wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person to a kindling strife. Are you quarrelsome? Because you're just the wood, you're the fire. Don't blame someone else's Facebook post if you're commenting, sharing, and liking, and stirring up the pot. You don't get influence and get to be an antagonist. You just don't get both. You just don't get both. What do you want? Proverbs challenges us. Evil dies. Basically, evil words will die without a welcome over time. Lastly, flattery brings destruction. What's flattery? Not Michael Flatley, he was a dancer. Um, this is different. Um, Proverbs 28, whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. Those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. What are the nets? The nets are traps. They would use nets to trap animals, to pull them in, to trip them up. And then once they're tripped up, they could take them down for the kill. I'm telling you, those that flatter their neighbors, when we speak lies just to get favor, when we speak rubbish, Rather than give honest feedback and honest truth, which means create a culture of giving honest feedback in your world and people will give it to you. It will bless you. But you do that by being willing to give it. It's taxing, it's hard, and it's a necessary conversation for every single one of us, but it brings life. And so I want to end with this point. Our words that create worlds can bring worlds of life. Our words can bring life.
So what kind of words? And there's so many examples. There's so many scriptures I've had to selectively choose in the book of Proverbs. But I just want to bring two points because maybe these are the ones I've struggled with. Powerful words are calm, gentle, and pleasant speech. Proverbs 15 verse 26, the Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. Proverbs 16 verse 24, gracious words are a honeycomb, salt, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You see, honey is both pleasing, pleasant to taste and of medicinal value. The Bible says here that gracious words are like that. They're pleasant, but they're also healing. Your words can heal your children. Your words can heal your wife. Your words can heal a city. Your words right now in the midst of challenge, trial, and chaos, and where it's easy and justifiable to spew hatred and anger, your words can heal a nation. The Bible says, through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Through patience. Maybe that word that's just held back that little bit. Not that I'm going to come back hard, I'm going to speak soon. Just, no, breathe. Five big deep breaths in and five big deep breaths out and think about it. Sleep on it. Speak to someone. Get a perspective before you bite back and understand that a gentle word is stronger. A gentle word cuts to where a, where a fierce word you deflect off. If someone comes back at me harsh with anger, it's easy to just justify deflecting it off like a good cricketer. But a gentle word comes and I cannot defuse it. I don't know. I can't deflect it. I've got to take it. I've got to receive it. Proverbs 15 verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A tree of life. Maybe the statement the world uses and the way the world puts it is a little bit like this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, it's not true. See, harsh words really succeed in overcoming stubborn opposition. Harsh words never work. I've tried it. You get turkey and you get bigger. And, and so the person goes, and you start getting bigger and bigger and bigger on the individual. I'm not going to do my turkey example. I want to, but I'm not. But the challenge is we want to get bigger and make ourselves bigger and think the way we beat this down is to get bigger. And Jesus says, no, get lower. Get more humble. Get on your knees and pray and speak gently and represent me and watch, watch the kingdom of God. Come secondly, and this is an encouraging proverb suggests to slow to speak and carefully choosing the right time. I say it to everyone every time, timing is everything. The wise, Proverbs 10 verse 14, store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool invites ruin. It's like, come and ruin me. Come and ruin me. Come and mess up my life. And then we stand back and go, oh, why is my life a mess? But the Bible tells us that the mouth of the fool invites. It says, lay up knowledge. It, it's presenting its, its soil, its seed in the soil. Proverbs 10 verse 19, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Sin is not ended by just more words. The more I speak, the more I just carry on, it will go away and make it better. No, it doesn't work like that. Proverbs 12, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Oh, this is hard, guys. I'm preaching to you. Don't look at me saying, oh, he must get this right all the time. You are wrong. <laughs> Ask my wife. She's sitting there. You're wrong. 
But I try. And I have to keep trying and I have to keep going from glory to glory to glory and getting better than I was at 19 year old when I was angry and frustrated with life. I've got to be better than that guy. I've got to be more gentle. I've got to be slower to speak. And I fail all the time. Proverbs 18 verse 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Abraham Lincoln put it best when he said it this way, it is better to keep your mouth shut and let them think you're a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Let me say it again. Rather keep quiet because the minute you open your mouth, they now know you're a fool. Rather keep it quiet and trust God. Four simple encouragements today. Our words have the power of life and death. Just there. Maybe that's revelation to you. Maybe you don't know that. Your words, your words, not just God's words, your words, in any format, in any form, have the power to bring life or death. Secondly, your words reveal your world, how you see your world, who God is, and what's going on in your heart. Your words reveal it every time, and you might think you've got good at lying, and you might think you've got good at presenting a face, but I'm telling you, it reveals you every time you cannot hide. Thirdly, your words can bring destruction. Oh, Mark, I'm not that influential. I don't have that many followers. No one really cares what I say. No, wrong. Wrong. The enemy would love you to think that. And lastly, your words can bring life. Life. Bring life. South Africans rise up and bring life. Not, oh, the Springboks lost last week. Hate them, hate them. Useless, useless. They win this week. Best in the world. No, that's called crazy. Speak life. Speak life. What world are we creating? Or what world are you destroying with your words? My kids, I can tell you now they thrive when I speak life. My wife, she thrives when I speak life. My world and the people around me thrive when I speak life. Not because I'm a leader or anything special, but because I'm a carrier of the presence of God. And so are you. Realize that your words bring life and death. Recognize that you can change things and respond to the word of God at this time. And don't tell me, Mark, you don't know the life I've had. Because I don't know. Get on your knees before the living God who brings life who gives life and life abundant. And if you struggle to speak life, resource yourself in the presence of God on your knees before him and say, God, would you pour life into me so I can pour life out? And if you're grumpy and tired right now and you find it easier to rant and rave on social media, get on your knees, stop the ranting and raving and allow the Spirit of God to bring life through your story at this time. Imagine the church could restrain death coming out of us. Honestly, I don't get embarrassed by much, but I get embarrassed by the church on Facebook a lot. If I'm being honest, I just got to be honest. We got to be careful what we say, guys. We, we try using right, being right, and, and we are so far from righteousness and so far from kindness and so far from anything that looks like Jesus. And yet we stand there looking, I'm right. It's so wrong. It's so foolish. We're called to bring life. Words create worlds. What world are you creating? Not the privilege of a public speaker. I have a dream. Will you stand in your house right now when all hope is gone and declare, I have a dream. 
What world are your words creating? Can we close our eyes for a second? Repentance is this word that's, that's been dealt to a harsh blow in much of modern language, but it is beautiful and it reminds me that I can turn and I can respond 180 degrees. I can turn to my king and say, Father, forgive me, but allow me to represent you. I've had to do this on this subject more than anything else in my life. Repent of my tongue, of my mouth at times. Sometimes too quick, sometimes just stupid, sometimes insecurity pouring out of a funnel. And yet five minutes later, speaking life and speaking energy, and I'm telling you, God wants to deal with the inconsistency of our language and the inconsistency of our world. He wants to chop out the pain so that we can be life bringers. So the worlds we create as we speak His words to the world around us look like Him. Present people to Him. Bring people before Him. Fathers now, along with me, repent. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. Speak life to your children. They might be 50 years old. Phone them now and speak life to them. You might think you've got no hope. They don't want to listen. Find words and speak life. Speak life to your spouse today. Speak the life of God to a broken world around you and watch the fruit of the kingdom of God erupt. God, you've got to get control of our mouths. Come, Spirit of God, now. Come, Spirit of God, now. Come to my mouth. Come to the mouths of the church now. Come, Spirit of God. Bring order and peace change our language, rip words and statements out of our vocabulary. I'm not good at it. Rip it out. I'm not loved. Rip it out. Rip it out, I pray, Spirit of God, today and bring life and let the words of life pour in. Slow to anger. Abounding in love Spirit of God we are here we can't hide from your word today do miracles I pray bring men and women to their knees before the king in his presence and let healing and wholeness come so that the church of Jesus Christ would speak life to our world today you're wrapped up in anxiety if you're wrapped up in pain allow him to speak to you first stop speaking to God so much and start listening start listening start receiving so that one day maybe tomorrow maybe next year you become a source of life 
to a broken world at this time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Spirit of God. Let us be a church that creates worlds in which you are King, you are Lord, and this world in which you've placed us, your glory comes. Help us, God, I pray. Help us, Spirit of God, I ask that your kingdom may come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven today. We worship you, King. Right now, repent. Say sorry today. Change your social media liberality that you feel is so free without consequence today and know that it brings death or life. But do it today. Thank you, God. We love you. Praying for you. God's kindness upon you. If you're sore and struggling because of health or pain or loss, know that God is with you and please let us know so that we can touch base with you and love you at this time. We'll communicate this week our plans going forward. But let's throw ourselves into the Word. We say it every week. People come and say, oh, that preach was amazing. No, it's just the Word of God. No one's amazing but the Word of God. No one's amazing but Jesus. We don't need another hero. We need Jesus. Pursue Jesus this week and allow Him to do miracles in your life. Have an amazing, amazing week. We'll see you soon.